Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in, everyone, to the PHNX Rising Podcast. I am Max Simpson, joined by Mr. Owen Evans. Um, hearing a bit of chatter on the background at his end. The fans were rowdy for that one. And I'm assuming they're loyal fans because San Diego Loyal beat Phoenix Rising 3-0. Rising hung around and actually was the better team in many aspects, particularly in the first half. Late uh, goal in the waning minutes of the first half to put uh, Loyal up 1-0 heading into the break. Rising was fighting back into the second half, had a couple good chances um, on the keep, but just could not capitalize. And then Loyal put uh, two goals in the back of the net uh, within the last half hour, really pulled away from it as Rising was stretched, looking to get those goals to get back into the match. Uh, Owen, we talked a bit kind of offline how there were one of those cases where the team performance may not necessarily match the scoreline. Do you believe this was one of those cases? Uh, yes, to put it to put it bluntly. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I feel as though Phoenix Rising's performance, was it fantastic today? No, no. I think there were definite signs of improvement. That, that's beyond question um, for me. I feel as though the first half, and we'll, we'll delve into this, I'm sure, in a lot more detail, but the first half, there were definitely things that were much better than what we saw against Charleston Battery. Better just keeping a possession generally. There was one bad turnover in there, which unfortunately resulted in the goal. But last week, we saw a lot more of those. We saw many, many Charleston opportunities created by just poor distribution of the ball at times out of the back. That didn't happen this time. But at the end of the day, Rising still a little bit toothless up top, it felt. Especially, Mm -hmm. I mean, even in that first half, right? Eight shots, yes. But how many of them were threatening? How many of them felt like they were just hits from distance? Yep, 100%. And, you know, I think that's a great conversation that I definitely want to get into a bit for this match. But, hey, let's get right into the numbers, kind of illustrating uh, a bit on what you just highlighted there. Right, three uh, three goals to nil, uh, rising, unfortunately, taking the L there. You know, this is one of those where the common myth that's always stated is possession, you know, definitely creates better chances, more offense. Not necessarily in this case. I mean, I think rising, you know, and this this is kind of a deceptive graphic. Rising did have the lion's share of the possession to, you know, two thirds to one third, essentially within that possession stat. And then even in shots, 16 shots, 10 for loyal. But the big difference here for me is shots on target. Rising, you know, it was essentially less than one out of four of their shots were on target versus loyal. You can kind of see that percentage there. Seven out of 10 were testing Rocco Reels Novo. And it was, um, you know, I think kind of getting into your point about really the final third attacking, the number nine, it really just shows a bit of that disparity of where these two teams are at, where one team, Phoenix Rising, still trying to find that attacking fluidity, that final third ball. 
And the other team, San Diego Loyal, not one, but essentially two number nines, including the new signing coming in and bagging that second one. So, um, yeah, what do you make of all of, like, I guess, the disparity within the attack and Rising's inability in the second match in a row to really find that consistent attacking output? Yeah, it's it's definitely taking time, I think. Um, the, the team just... I mean, there's all the talk about, look, when this team clicks, they're going to look good. That's what Juan Guerra is telling us. That's what he's saying. And yes, I see that there is there is talent in there. Um, I feel as though actually one comment in here about wishing that Juan had brought in Conway earlier. Um, I, I'd actually agree a little bit with that one. It's yeah. no shade necessarily to Arteaga, but he, he looked like he was getting a little bit banged up in that first half. Is he getting involved mm-hmm. in the play? Yes, he is. But there were a couple of times he just like, hmm... There's one moment, especially in the second half, probably right around, I think, the 64th minute, where that ball is played right across the face of goal, and he's there, and he doesn't get anything on it or gets nothing of real note on it. And so the result is that Rising should be looking at potentially an equaliser right there. At the very least, he should be looking at causing a lot of trouble for the goalkeeper, and they don't. And, yeah, those kind of moments are frustrating. It feels as though, again, a lot of those shots... Rising were in possession of the ball a lot. They had the pace. They weren't necessarily creating good, high-quality shots at times. They were taking some shots from further distance, um, just getting a little bit desperate. You know, the, the play was getting into the final third, stalling a little bit maybe at times, and they were trying to let go of those rockets, and they just weren't getting them anywhere near the target. Definitely. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of shots, you know, from outside the box, a couple of them from tight corners within the 18-yard box. Nothing really really uh i guess on the lines of what we saw last week even with that goal where um you know you have the ball delivered in on the ground in front of the six yard box served on the platter for danny trejo you know nothing really too much like that um this one was a bit more of a tight defense i think credit to loyal in the sense that i think their defenders were very well disciplined and rising you know just to their credit they were able to break through a bit here and there on the break but when it came to those one-on-one situations i think they just couldn't get around the defense there yeah, that was that was a large problem. I mean, look, also worth noting as well in this squad, look, depth is still a problem um, at times. And it's not because the depth isn't there. It's because so many people are out. Um, I mean, even looking at this week, Gabby Torres, who was pretty pivotal in that goal last mm-hmm. week, he's currently yeah. out for personal reasons um, and missed the game this weekend. Hopefully he will be back for the return fixture in two weeks' time. But yeah, he was out for personal reasons. Mo Traore was out for personal reasons. I know people weren't necessarily that high on Traore last week, but again, yeah. at times he was causing problems. I will say that I actually thought that Uzo had a pretty decent game. Yep. Um, the reason that Uzo couldn't go much longer um, was that he just, you know, it's the nature of where he is at the moment, his recovery from injury. Um, they had to think about what they were going to do in terms of replacing him, and they, and they ultimately did. Um, so Hey, it's it's still still early days, still a lot of injuries and other issues that have to be dealt with early doors. And look, you've you've got to give a little bit of patience, I think, to this side. You've got to give a little bit of patience to this side because mm-hmm. it's still so early in the season. So early in the season. Yeah. No, and I mean to your point, that's a nice shout about Uzo. They had a that was a really nice kind of trifecta link up play in the you know 34th minute where it was just one that little one two stretch on the corner of the box where you had Uzo playing to Danny Trejo who played it off to Artiaga a little back heel or playing it to Uzo and again it was those nice combination plays we saw a lot of that off ball movement and everything was really nice it's just 
when you're doing all that from outside the 18 yard box and that's as far as you penetrate, I mean, again, it, it kind of shows in um, just those quality of shots on target. It just wasn't quite there, um, you know, for rising today. I mean, even, excuse me, even getting into a bit of the XG, right? Like expected goals, uh, you know, loyal, it was actually 1.05 out of their three goals rising 0.89. It was relatively close in that aspect. Um, but even still, it's just the shots from outside the box. It was just, it was just tough for rising to really, uh, overcome that. Yeah. And you know what, since you, since you mentioning that, I know we kind of spoke a little bit about it ourselves earlier about whether this scoreline was one that flattered San Diego and whether it is flattering in that regard, but Wangera had something to say on that. So let's have a listen to him. Do you think the three now flattered San Diego? Listen, I, things very loud over here today. I want to see how it is going to be in two weeks. Uh, I told you I'm, I'm not happy with the result, but there's absolutely no chance that this result reflects the performance and what the game was. They did a good job. They understood transition moments and they did a good job pressing us and, and exploiting us through those transition moments. And the way they executed in those transition moments was, was very good as well. But um, at the end of the day, it's, it's two different paths. This is a process and a project that has been together for four plus years. We're a process that has been together for seven weeks and three days. So we, we are okay. We understand where we are. We're not going to change. We're going to keep walking north. And like I said, trying to get everybody healthy, trying to get some of the guys that, that couldn't be here for personal reasons back, and we'll keep pushing forward. Yeah. No, and I, and I think that's it, that <clears throat> not only does, I think we're all agreeing that, at least the two of us, Juan Guerra, that the – <clears throat> excuse me, goodness gracious, that the scoreline did not really reflect the performance. I think it was also that the team really is building on some of the things that we were kind of talking about and critiquing last week, how it was that absolute will to we are going to play out the back, and that's where a lot of chances were created for the opposing team based off mistakes. It just so happens that, unfortunately, the opening goal was um, off of a Daniel Crutzen kind of wayward pass in no man's land, a hospital ball, if you will, what I like to call them. Um, and, you know, it was a very easy scoop score, um, play it into the feet, and Conway buries it for Loyal's opening goal. But other than that, I there wasn't a lot of, like, clear-cut chances that I can recall from when Rising was playing out the back that there was liabilities, there were a lot of wayward touches, it was a lot cleaner. And I think the big thing here that I want to highlight is – in my mind, it's actually our DraftKings king of the game. It is Carlos Harvey. Um, and I think it was a lot of his off-ball movement. This guy was everywhere. I think he was a massive um, like presence in the midfield, like not just literally being physical and tall um, you know, in place of Jose Andres Hernandez. But also this guy was everywhere. Three shots, had the most XG at the team um, that shot outside the box at .26. He had the most duels won uh, at 12. And he, I mean, not just that, he was everywhere. He had the most tackles, three tackles. And then he also had the most touches on the team at 96. He really was fluid where he's able to drop back in the back line and then kind of on a whim, uh, scoot up into midfield and drive the ball forward. So I think he really presented a nice option for the team, both in distribution, in defense, everything like that. Um, and that's something that they improved on. I think it's just the thing that we keep on saying is that's already starting to prove from game over game. It's only two games. But where is that going to come from on the offensive side? Yeah, I mean, I'll stick on Harvey for a minute. Look, there's an obvious reason that you can tell people around the club are saying he probably belongs at times at a higher level. Um, you, you could just tell what he added into that midfield. Mm -hmm. He added an outlet that allowed them to yep. play it out of the back, I think, without being as, yep. as risky 
as they were in Charleston without causing those issues that we saw in Charleston. He managed to drop deep. It also allowed for Renzo Zambrano to do some things as well in this. So at the end of the day, his inclusion here compared to last week when he was off on international duty with Panama, it's, it's immeasurable just how much that improves this squad. And I think that was a large part in why in that first half, he was just, you know, I mean, San Diego couldn't get very much going at all. They got two shots off in that first half. Two. Mm-hmm. One of them hits yeah. the back of the net. Yeah. And the other one is a, a weak header from a free kick that doesn't really yeah. go anywhere near the goal. So I feel as though you're just at a point where, I don't know. I mean, the se- the second half was a lot worse, um, partly because they feel like they're chasing the game. That one goal you give up completely changes things. Um you have that spell where Rising look like they're going to get back in it. And then it's unlucky a little bit. That second goal for, for San Diego was unlucky, I think, from Rising's perspective. I'm not sure what you can quite see on the broadcast angle, but I had a pretty good look at it, at that diagonal, kind of following the same um, same look there as the um, shot was taken, the same kind of angle. And yep. it takes a deflection. It, it does. Deflection Absolutely. The yeah. And it's not necessarily too much of a deflection. It's a little bit of a deflection. And it's just about enough that it makes it too far out for Rocco to get his hand to it, which can be an issue when you have a shorter goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, would a taller goalkeeper have gotten a hand to it? Maybe. I mean, yeah. R- Rocco, at the same time, had pulled off a couple of good saves as well prior to that. So I feel it's a bit harsh to kind of point too much at him on that. But And, and I mean, not only that, he's pretty critical to the way that they're currently trying to play, trying to play it out the back. You need that outlet in the goalkeeper who's able to confidently play the ball with his feet and distribute it around because you need someone to to relieve that pressure sometimes when they do press with numbers as they did at times in this game. So I... I, God, it feels like last year, and we're not. It, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't the, right? Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa! And we, we know it shouldn't it, because it's yeah. not there. It's not yeah, there, right? And I know not. it isn't. I know yeah. it isn't. But there's just a point where I think, as you sit down, sometimes you know, like, oh, you just need that something to relieve the tension of how you know. You just want to see that positive result, uh, and not a result that feels like well, it's it's scoreline wise. Yeah, it's the same as we saw here in Torero Stadium last year. Performance-wise, yeah. I don't think it was, but scoreline-wise, it, it was. Oh, man, no, I I hear you. It's um, something a goal or something like that definitely would help to relieve the tension. And I think for that, really, we can turn to our friends at OGs Brands. You know, OGs they have their new strawberries and cream happy balance gummies. They also have um, their sleep edition. If uh, you know, maybe you felt a bit snoozy, like, hey, this was a very intense match, which it was from a pressing perspective, so maybe you want to take a few naps afterwards, kind of catch some Zs. OG's Brands has got you, and because their gummies are live, it's on the shelf, especially that new Happy Balance, you can check them out at ogsbrands.com. You can find them at your local dispensary by doing so there. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. And hey, if you want to pair something with your OGs, uh, you know, maybe beer is more your suit. Check out our friends at Four Peaks. Uh, you know, we got all kinds of good stuff going on there, um, and they do as well. They have new beers. Uh, we actually had a nice St. Patty's Day's party at our good friend Craig Morgan's house. They have um, all the whole selection there, the Cool Beans beer, the Wows, the Kilt Lifters, 
everything like that. So lots of good stuff going on. And hey, uh, if the other kind of football is also your thing as well, Cardinals have a new coach, a new GM, the third pick in the draft. It's a great opportunity for hometown team. The best place to take in this pivotal moment and the rest of the NFL draft is on April 27th. It's at Four Peaks, their 8th Street pub. Again, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Um, I do want to touch on Rocco's performance, and I agree. I think in both games, he has been that guy who he comes through with a couple clutch saves. I do want to point out that a lot of people were saying in this in the first goal that hey, you know, his uh, you know, sign he should save. And I do agree. If you watch the replay, his footing, he was cheating on it. He thought it was going far post. And honestly, looking at the angle. I kind of thought it was going to be the same thing. It kind of caught me by surprise that Evan Conway, bam, he found it um, going near post for that one. On the second goal, I don't know if like a taller keeper necessarily would or wouldn't have stopped that. That's something where, especially taking a nasty deflection, heck, even if it doesn't take a deflection, that thing is getting whipped in. That is a nice, well-struck ball. Um, I just don't know how much you can do with that. And again, I think his passing has been phenomenal. He knows when to come out. He's controlled the box well, even regardless of whatever height or people saying that you need another a larger keeper, whatever. He's controlled it well. He's handled, he's handled the defense and the distribution, especially them playing out the back and in the midfield. Nothing has really been on him in terms of any of those wayward passes. So um, I don't really see any qualms in either of the games with his performances. Like truly the ones that he's been beat on, they're really just hard press. I don't really have any more analysis than that. Yeah, and he did get some praise as well from Juan Guerra in the post game um, interviews there for his um, some of the saves that he's made. I mean, look, there was the one early in the second half where you just think, okay, great, two nil. It's going to be two nil, and he makes the save with his legs. Which, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look, he's yeah. It's 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 difficult to kind of put the blame on him, and it's hard, I think, for a goalkeeper. Sometimes you look at them in these positions. You concede free goals, and you have to. I mean, Pat's putting it on him there, but I think really, if we're going to put any of the blame on that first goal, I put it on the initial giveaway. Um, yeah, absolutely. Would be the, the the thought process from my my perspective on that. When I feel as though. Yep. Oh, I think we got Owen frozen. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. I think we got Owen frozen for a second, folks. Maybe that's on my. You good now, Owen? I think we just froze you for a second. Yeah, I think you lost me for a very brief second there. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, turns out the internet is also unstable in San Diego. <laughs> Don't you love it? Hey, a little bit better than Charleston. We're good. We're chilling. A little better chilling. than Charleston. You're not wrong. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. It was. Um. Yeah. I, I think on that one. Again, it was a pretty solid first half just from a passing perspective and just a tough giveaway. Uh, again, even on Crutzen's end, I haven't really seen too much from him where it's just a cause of concern. I don't know. When you look at the replay, even if he was trying to play, I think it was um, – I'm trying to remember who came free. It might have been Harvey. I don't know why you're playing that ball anyway because it just seems like it's an incredibly tough ball to hit and it's just a high margin for error. I think the big thing with this team is if you are going to be playing in the midfield, you're going to be playing out the back – what are your passes? What passes are you going to be hitting are going to be ones that aren't going to be high margins of error. And unfortunately that one, it just was. Yeah. 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 I got, um, I am curious your thoughts on the second goal. Cause you know, we actually did have a bit of a back and forth uh, with uh, Mr. One Mikey <laughs> uh, earlier in the week on the back and forth with a new loyal signing, Mr. Ronaldo Dumas. Um, I'm curious 
uh, if we can get that graphic up real quick, producer Emma. Yeah. So um, going back to the tweet real quick, uh, you know, kind of kind of shouting that, hey, called definition of waste man. And listen, everyone's got their opinions. That's all well and good. But I know you had a, a bit of a counter to that. And it may have shown a bit today because I'm pretty sure that was really his first well chance. And granted, it might just be one game. But I think that's the quality that you were kind of calling out when they made this signing. Yeah, he, he's a consistent scorer. Um, you can you can point to what you like about the fact that he misses chances. Sure, he misses chances. He gets in the right spot to create a lot of chances. He scores a lot of chances still. Yeah. So, look, he, he's got 18 goals in that season. Um, I believe all bar one game, he, he was only putting one goal in the back of the net in that yeah. one. So it's not like he's going out and demolishing teams. Sure. sure. No, I accept that. But he's consistent. Very consistent. Yeah. And that's what you're seeing again today. And I, I just feel as though he's a player you really can't afford to not pay enough attention to. Um, you can't write him off. I don't want to hear the nonsense about all these big chances he's missed because I get that. I yeah. know he's, he's a little bit, he can be a little bit wasteful on times, yes. But at the same time, he's creating a lot more chances as well. So definitely, look, just just chill on it. Don't, don't. Don't write this guy off because when you do, he comes back as he did today yep. to make you pay for that. Okay. You can't write a guy like that off. It was look again. I, I feel maybe, maybe there's a hint of luck in it. Sure. Because I think if it isn't for the deflection, I think Rocco does have a shot at, at getting his fingertips to it, but still don't write off someone who scores serious, serious goals. And if he signed for Phoenix rising, Michael would not have been saying what he was saying there. I'll put it that way. That's true. Well, I do, I do want to touch on, you know, our striker, um, a bit of the substitution there in bringing on Jackson Conway. Very interesting because, you know, this was kind of something I was alluding to in the off season of what is that plan B? You know, a lot of times last season rising, it seemed didn't have that plan plan B of, Hey, things are going well. Do we switch up the formation? How are we bringing that personnel? And we saw not taking Arteaga off, but a two striker system. I also agree that I think it was a bit too late in the game. I would have loved to see that even before the second goal, their second goal and third goal went in um, just to kind of make it a little bit tighter, but curious if that's a wrinkle, you saw that um, the team might, you know, thinking the team might use again. Any success you saw from pitch side? Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Um, it looked a little bit more like the two up top, didn't it, when he came on? Um, I I mean, the biggest thing I think I can say with Jackson Conway is that I asked about a backup nine on uh, Wednesday, and by Friday there was a backup nine. So if there are any things that you want from Phoenix Rising in a ridiculously quick turnaround, apparently, get me to ask it in the press conference. Do it. We'll see some change very Tweet quickly. Tweet at him at OJ Evans 18. Yeah I, yeah, I don't think I should take credit for it, but yeah, why not? Don't let um, it go to his head first. <laughs> Look, I, I think that this is someone who I think long-term we're going to see battling with, with Manuel Arteaga yeah. for that starting position. Um, yeah. Again, he, he scored 11 goals on a pretty poor... Atlanta United 2 team last season. So if he can do that with them, what's he going to do when he's being fed by better players in terms of Federico Varela, probably a better player, Danny Trejo, better player, uh, others around who are better players than, than the performances that were seen last year. Yeah. Um, and definitely better than the players that he had playing around him in Atlanta last year. Um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I think it also... it. it seriously settles one concern that I had, which is what happens if Manuel Arteaga 
is having a poor game, is having a run with you know, some, some problems with injuries. Um, because who are they going to turn to? You're going to change yeah. the tactic considerably by having to use someone like Danny Trejo in that position, who just isn't the same as Manuel no, Arteaga. Or you're having to turn to people like Joel Torbic, who who's 17. Um, and even he isn't... I mean, I mean, by the nature of him being 17, he doesn't really look like Manuel Arteaga. So... I think to me, having someone who is big can win the ball in the air. Very, very good positives to take out of that. Um, I mean, you get four headers. He scored for Atlanta United too last year. I think yeah. it's, it's a positive. I'm not sure we're going to see this. Um, I think by the time that the tactical change was made late in this game, it was made more, I think, for the very fact of the fact that we're down two goals and desperately, desperately needed to start making something happen. Um, I'm not sure I'd bank on that being a serious long-term plan. I think this team has its vision. It knows what it wants to do. And I think that that formation we see them starting out with pretty much every game is what we should come to expect. But still, Uh, always good to have a little change in the back pocket. Absolutely. And I agree with you. I, I do not think this is something that you should bank on for a starting caliber uh, formation right out the gate, even something that's played the majority of the time. But I do think, you know, it stands to reason you need a goal. You're chasing a goal. You're chasing two goals. Are you able to bring this in, really uh, shift the pad, uh, the control pad all the way and you're playing FIFA and you're just going all out attack, something to really uh, bring some bodies in there. So definitely interesting. On that scenario, um, even with Danny Trejo, right? I mean, I think that's a good shout, kind of talking about the different profile between him, Justin Conway. Danny Trejo, uh, he had quite the match uh, today in different ways. And I, I will get to that, but it's I do want to say that it is interesting. I'm looking at Devin's comment. He says, we were as poor as Mask's transitions. I think he is maybe talking about Rising's transitions where, you know, Rising maybe wasn't as fluid in transition. San Diego was very fluid in transition. But if you want to be fluid in your transitions to and from work or around, you know, the Valley, check out our friends at Circle K. You know, we are so excited to partner with them. We've been kicking things off for the last couple of weeks with an absolutely amazing giveaway opportunity. By the way, they're going to announce this giveaway opportunity to like starting tomorrow, like that week, tomorrow's the new week. Get this in now. If you haven't done so, text PHNX to 31310 for your opportunity to win a $500 gas card. $500 in gas. What you going to do? Why would you not take advantage of that? So again, PHNX, text it to 31310 for a $500 gas card opportunity. Do it. Do it now. And while you're doing that, we're Circle K. I think you should be looking good. Riding around town with that gas card that I hope you win. Uh, you know, wear some bad birdie while you're at it. They got all kinds of good stuff. Uh, you know, polos, hats, everything like that. Um, also coming up with some new collections seemingly every week. So check them out. But hey, if you want to look good, you should use code PHNX Sports underscore 15 for 15% off your next order at badbirdiegolf.com. Again, that is PHNX Sports underscore 15 for 15% off your next order at badbirdiegolf.com. Yep, check those out in the chat with the links and all that jazz. But yes, getting back real quick to Danny Trejo. You know, interesting, not just the profile that he's had, but, you know, seemingly last week a bit higher pushed up. And not that he was riding the last defender, but he was really trying to create that sp- that work in the house space he did that this today but i saw him he was tracking back 
a lot. He was receiving the ball very deep, and it's like, hey, get me the ball. Then I can turn up field, go from there. We saw him tracking back. Carlos Harvey, again, when he was more in the midfield role, a little bit more advanced, was also doing that. But it's very interesting that Danny Trejo was giving us multiple looks of just who he is from an attacking sense, but also just in a distribution sense. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I felt like at times San Diego were pressing with a few numbers there, um, which is interesting because you never quite know how you're going to approach someone that is a possession-based team. You're going to really put that pressure on their back line because they're trying to play it out of there and you know they're trying to play it out of there. They might well cause a few um, mistakes in the back and, and we saw that in previous weeks. We saw it against GCU, actually, even in the friendly. Um, that when, when you press high, you you cause problems. But yeah. at the same time, when you do that, you leave spaces, you leave those spaces. And someone like Danny Trejo is very adept at finding usually those spaces. Um, I, I thought that rising were relatively solid at times in that first half of actually yeah. when they were really under pressure, finding an outlet. Um, I think it was only really the one opportunity that really, really bit them in the, uh, in the first half. So, yeah, I think it was interesting to see Trejo in that kind of a role. I'm not sure that he necessarily did as much on the in the attack uh, as he possibly could have. He was looking a little bit better with Federica Varela, um, yeah. which again is something that comes with time. Comes with time. Um, but I, I mean, look from Rising's perspective, there were very few, I think, quick breaks that caused serious trouble, barring a very like five minute spell in the second half where rising could have probably scored three goals um they didn't so yeah i I, again i I, i'm taking some positives from the fact that he's finding those spaces i'm taking positives from the fact that it's causing i think issues for the opposition whereby they they're gonna have to work out how to deal with that because you're gonna have to sit off rising a little bit uh as they pass it around and try and distribute it out the back or you're going to have to accept that people like Danny Trejo are going to find those spaces and give it a few more weeks, probably will be punishing you. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, even some of the standout performances from the defensive line um, – that's weird. Defensive line. We're not talking about football. Defensive back, uh, Steve, <laughs> center backs. Oh dear goodness. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I I think Kev had another good game of where he like had to step up one v one, especially earlier in the game. Um, almost got shifted a bit by Nick Moon on kind of a couple inside outs, uh, weaving back and forth. But he stood his ground. Um, I think he had a really good match. Uh, was kind of a nervy moment. Uh, gosh, early on in the second, where I don't know. If, I don't know what the reaction was in the stadium, but. You know, there was that breakaway, that two-on-one, um, and San Diego just had that clear-cut chance on the six-yard box. And, you know, man, you give me a hard time. I I think maybe – I don't know. that I'm not going to say I would have definitely scored that, but I think that was one where I think uh, San Diego could have done better. What's that? Yeah. 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 That's tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. What uh, – any other players we talked about that we didn't talk about who maybe didn't have as good of a game that we would like to see, you know, step up next time around? See, I, I was going to, when you start off with that question, I'm thinking just, okay, what can I say that's not necessarily negative, actually? And I actually sure. think there's a positive I'd take that I thought that Emil Cuejo, actually, despite being in a very different role to what he's yeah. usually in, um, didn't look hugely out of place. Um, I think he, he definitely got stuck in, stuck into the challenges out wide, uh, generally snuffed out a lot of the threats, um, and, and broadly speaking was you know, demonstrated reasonable pace, reasonable distribution going forward. Um, 
uh, and I think carried out that role again perfectly fine for what is a frankly difficult adjustment on times um mm. it's it's not easy to just go from being a 10 and then tell them right you're you're a wing back um that's yeah, it's quite a bit, bit different quite a bit yeah, different a tough. <sighs> yeah no I, I i think he had he that was definitely an interesting movement in there but no i, I think he, he did the job uh, especially given else who was out there um, I was going to say, anything else, any other positive player uh, takeaways you'd like to shout out? Uh, no, I think, I'll, I think I'll leave it there. I think I'll leave yeah. it there. Respect that. All right, well, hey, good to know on the player analysis aspect of it all. Um, do you want to let y'all know that we're going to be doing a, really, a couple cool things here on the PHNX side? First off... If you have not seen it, uh, Suns fans, we just had our awesome takeover um, this past Thursday, and our PHNX Suns takeover, the next one, is now live. It's going to be on April 6th when the Suns take on the Denver Nuggets. Again, Denver trending towards that one seed. Hopefully, they'll lock down at the moment. Hopefully not is more like it. And the Suns, man, they're pushed. They're fighting for one of those top playoff spots. But, hey, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic time. Last we checked, there's literally one ticket left for those who Suns fans who are trying to get in. We got lower level tickets. Going to be an amazing time there. And then some of the other cool, fun stuff we have going on at the PHNX community. Um, we are going to be doing a little bit of giving back for community this coming Wednesday, March 22nd. All Super Chat proceeds from every single PHNX show is going to be benefiting Ryan House. So please, if you're taking a look at any of our other shows, um, you know, send Super Chats. They're all going towards a good cause there. And then last this coming Friday, the 24th, uh, we have a few spots left for our tea party. So if you guys are golf fans, if you're Suns fans wanting to join in on our watch party with uh, the Suns taking on the Sacramento Kings, do it, do it now. Grab your tickets in the link in the description. Um, it's going to be amazing food, drinks, prizes, giveaways, everything like that. Check us out. And yeah, it's going to be an amazing time, especially those of you who were here last time. Uh, know how much fun it is. So join us this time around. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, definitely went through a lot of stuff. I'm curious now where this shifts. And maybe this is something we'll probably further get into on Tuesday. But just seeing how this team, this rising team played today against Loyal, knowing that they're going to be back against them in two weeks. And that's the home opener. I think, you know, you heard Juan say, wait till April 1st, where this is going to be, you know, the big thing, the sign that we've all been waiting for. I'm curious what that difference looks like where it's a very unique scenario where you face the same team twice in a matter of weeks. Yeah, well, you know what? That's, that's a good kind of spot to segue into uh, our other video, actually, we got from Juan where he's talking yeah. about what his message was going to be to the boys once he gets back into that locker room. So let's have a listen to what you had to say. That I'm performance-oriented, and the performance today was was a performance um, valid of... I mean, more than, than what we got today. But at the end of the day, this is, I mean, this is not about fairness. This is not about, um, I mean, if, if you want something, you have to grab it. It's not going to be given to you. And tonight the game was there for us, and we didn't grab it when we could. And we got, we got punished for that. It's part of the learning curve. It's part of the process that we adopted. And listen, we're, we're okay with it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a few games for the team to start clicking. But I can guarantee you one thing, Owen, to you, to the fans, to everybody that um, that is supporting us, is we believe in what we're doing, and we know what we're doing, and we're not going to change. Because once this clicks, you know what I mean, we're all going to be enjoying a, a very good team that that has a cleared idea. 
Yeah, man. Get hyped. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing more than that, man. I'm just, I'm just, it, it, listen, it's a very tough way, you know, and it, it's young. It's new in the season. This is not by any means saying let's push the panic button or anything like that. And I get that we want to come out flying, take as many points as we can. The fact that we have one point from two matches, one goal score. It's tough. It's not where the team wants to be. It's not where we, the fans want to see it, but man, like I, I just think there's a lot of things that we're already improving on from game over game, even these first two weeks. And that when April 1st comes along, man, oh man, that's going to be incredible. It really is. Yeah. And seriously, I am not expecting to see a result like we saw today. Yeah. Oh, I'm just no. not expecting it. I, I don't think that in that kind of environment, we'll see what we saw today. Yeah. It's a cruel, it's a cruel match. Sometimes, you know, the better team, the better team or even team who, played really well you just go don't get anything on the score sheet and sometimes a team only gets a handful of chances and seemingly today san diego seemed to bury most of them it's just how it goes sometimes go figure um i think the opt i think that the chances are there there's good opportunity and i think these things are going to keep falling a couple things to shore up on the offensive third but i think the midfield drastically looks improved since last game defense is holding up well like the goalkeeping and back just little things folks give it time i think the things are already improving and just keep on building, building from there. Could be worse. Could be El Paso. <sighs> free Woof. games all at home, free losses. Could be Woof. Worse. Woof. Could be worse. Well, on that note, buddy, anything else that we missed that you'd like to touch on before we head out of here today? Uh, let's just have a quick look, actually. Should we at the USL Championship results? Ooh. Yeah. I always love a little bit of around touch, touch the USL. a little USL. bit on a handful of them. We always love a bit of around the USL. Actually, of course, today, Rising, not the only game. Uh, Loudon hosting San Antonio. Hmm. That one yeah, I saw that. It was a one. one I, was, I thought that was a ended in a one-all draw. Interesting. Yeah, finished one. Loudon, so what's going on? Points dropped there. <laughs> Tampa Bay dropping points away to Orange County this weekend. One all. Hmm. Louisville getting the win over Monterey Bay. One nil in California. Yep. Sac Republic drawing one all at home to Charleston Battery. Maybe look makes that result from last week look a little bit better when you see that. You El Paso, as I mentioned, starting the season generally quite poorly. Uh, that continued yesterday as they lost 3-1 at home to Detroit City. And then another results, Colorado Springs 1, Hartford 1. Miami 0, New Mexico United 1, getting a late penalty there. And Memphis 901 also having a pretty rough start to the season. They fall 3-1 at home to Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, one Friday game as well with Birmingham Legion coming out on top 3-2 over FC Tulsa. Yeah, absolutely. Late and goal in that one. Stoppage time winner in that game. You, ooh. And currently right now, RGV 1-0 um, to Oakland, home on Oakland Roots uh, at halftime. What do you think? Any, uh, any predictions since since we're here, since we're right now? What does that end with? Uh, that, that game will end at some stage. That's my prediction. Gosh darn it. This man knows how to sit on a friggin' fence better than really a lot of other people in this world. All right. On that note, I'm telling us with you sitting on the fence and me sitting in this chair. Um, appreciate everyone joining us. Um, yep, again. We're going to shout out here, actually. Yeah, Just Pat Moses in the chat, the new segment idea. Highlight oh, the gosh. craziest takes on the Facebook group. Oh. Don't we give him the ammo, Pat. You know he doesn't need it. Oh, God. Tuesday, we're doing it. Tuesday, we're doing it, I think, Max. We might have to do it. Oh boy! Well, okay, we'll be in studio on Tuesday 
at six o'clock four peaks building the tower um four peaks tower of course and uh, yeah we'll gosh we'll do something goodness gracious all right on that note uh, appreciate y'all joining us a tough way for rising to end i but don't believe it's the indicative of the performance but we'll talk further about it on tuesday and all that fun stuff for myself, Max Simpson, you can find me at Max David Simpson on the old Twitterverse. You can follow Mr. Owen Evans. He's there. He's there. He's every fucking where at OJ Evans 18. See you guys on Tuesday. Have a great rest of your weekend.